you know i'm writing a space show right i, I have no idea uh, are you writing a space show <laughs> i'll get to that with one of your questions it'll answer that uh, we are already recording so akshay rajan welcome to the non putika show uh, thank you for being with me on this please go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit to our audience oh my god so i'm akshay rajan i am a ui designer by profession um i list myself as a visual designer um cuz i've done a lot of different uh, fields of design over the course of my career and um i'm a constant of pune i am always in pune to the point where um people come to pune and just call up to hang out without even checking if i'm in pune because i'm in pune that much but surprisingly you have chosen to do this podcast on the first time i have left pune i am in bangalore right now So that's pretty much who I am and where I am. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I don't plan things ahead. I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. <laughs> Can't oh, tell you much. Anyone, anyone who has been around Akshay, they they will know what I when I tell them that Akshay is one of the most like lively person to be around. He'll joke and he'll he's very very informative about whatever his field is, and his knowledge about pop culture is like. far ahead of me so uh, actually i would just like you to just give me an introduction about what kind of uh, artist journey you had throughout your life you uh, you've been a filmmaker you've been a visual designer now you're working as a ui designer so originally my mom wanted me to get into engineering like most indian parents and it got to the point where i actually got all the way up to giving the ai triple e and um, i actually sat for that exam i had no idea what was going on i put like a pattern in the paper i had no idea and my friend's sister ankit dhavan's sister my friend from school told me if you don't get ashima i give huge credit to ashima for my entire career journey she told me if you don't give at least one design entrance i will come to your house and i will beat the living daylights out of you so then i actually ended up giving the nid and the set i didn't get into the nid but i got into the first rank of the set and because i got like that good result i was able to convince my family you know let me get into cbi and um, that started my journey so then i was originally i had an idea of i wanted to do scripting at some point that's what my original plan was because i really like writing stories but that kind of fell to the wayside as i fell in love with like filmmaking and i realized that i had one of a good skill with editing so i became an editor in college and i majored in film and video design and fresh out of college i did what every film and video editor does and got a job as a graphic designer <laughs> and uh, right i worked in this company which was just churning out nonsense like it's it's like a bpo for graphic design it was literally a kpo where i've never graphic design is like like just just graphic designers in like a factory and they're just doing stuff it's a factory it's literally a factory it's the point where like you get out and if you're if you're a graphic designer and you work there it's like being an orator and working at a call center it was really like just donkey work you know but but if i told you that i gave you the content and a picture and told you make a newspaper ad for this and ask you how long it would take you to do and a graphic designer would normally reply like couple of hours i'll have something back for you like a first draft and then we can see where it goes from there no in this company we had to make five of them per hour and like it was insane because it was like constant work and the but the only thing i learned there was speed i learned how to do things really fast and because of that machine working i kind of developed that skill of turning things around like in minutes rather than hours and having to work really fast so 
from there i left and i we started our own company um, called rolling stats studios and we did film and video around the country for a while mostly corporate ads and um, some animation and that's when i got into animation as well I, that's a whole another story altogether it was really weird and i learned motion graphics and then from there that company got dissolved and after that i ended up taking up a job at ih which where i worked with you yeah, and yeah. over there that was my first ui job where i actually approached me here and i said i am really good at all these things i'm good at graphic design filmmaking editing motion graphics and here are a couple of ui projects i've started on my own i want to get into ui can you give me some time to learn and i will join and he's like how fast can you learn and i'm like i'll learn as fast as necessary i'll learn on the job you can just start giving me work and i will learn it as i go and the first 3 months i was just learning and then i just built his entire platform and um, after that 2 years later i got this job which i currently have which i've stuck around with for the last almost 2 years now i'll be completing 2 years in june or may and um, i am the main ui designer for a, a multinational company right now and i'm really happy i don't know if i'm able to talk about what the product is or not but um, it's really cool when you hear that like the product you designed is being used by the us navy and like, a lot <laughs> that's, of others that's, that's a lot of nda signed right there one of our clients is riot games that's like let's just put it there it's 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 basically software management and um, it's a huge platform for managing like if your organization has like 500 1000 2000 3000 machines and you need to keep them all up to date that's what this software does basically and i've designed pretty much the entire platform for them and um, it was it's a really this is my job now this is my i i really i don't want to leave here i've got a great boss who's a bit of a genius and uh, he has this idea to like hire people based on skill and keep them around even if there is no work because he sees somebody and once you impress him he understands like this person is a valuable asset he will keep you around no matter what so this insane job security it's a great company to be in i get very good constructive feedback while i work it's these are the kind of things you need to look out for when you settle down to the company i feel very happy or i have no intention of leaving and i like it although i do want to progress into doing my own things later in life i feel like i'm really comfortable here i'm getting a great salary i'm earning yeah. well I've I've seen a very strong pattern with among a lot of artist friends and uh, people who work in the industry that uh, they will they will uh, be happy with their independent life for a very long time. But uh, once they once they start getting to a place which is very supportive of them, in like a, in a big company, or uh, in terms of financials, in terms of work hours, and in terms of just in general vibe of that company, they will uh, they will understand like what the nine to five is not. like a cage for them many people say like oh shit 9 to 5 is very bad you don't want to work like that uh, you don't want to live weekend by weekend I, my opinion towards that thing has been changing like as much as i've been working now what kind no of- that's very true that's very true as you work as a freelancer you have to chase after people for money you have to sign contracts you have to do everything yourself find your own chartered accountant it's a huge mess when you're working as a freelancer and it's not just the reward of like getting a salary every month where you can make plans for the future and all because i worked both right i've worked like freelance for like quite a few years before getting into um, a proper stable job because even my company which i was working for that was pretty much freelance with a team so we had to go after clients we had to make sure we got we missed a lot of payments because people were just kind of back up on payments a lot but here it's like what i value most is not the salary here what i value most is not the job security what i value most is the fact that i'm in an environment where every single person around me is insanely skilled at what they do so 
like the first time I was I when I built my first mock-up of the product, right? Within like a week, which is ridiculously a short, a, a ridiculously short amount of time to develop a product. Within a week, these guys called me in for a meeting and they put up this projector and they put my mock-up on the screen, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, they put my mock-up, they're going to discuss the design and blah, 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 and where they're going to go from there. No, they started clicking on the mock-up and it was the working platform. The The dev guy had, the dev guy I work with is so good that when he put it up on screen, I didn't know that it was the actual live platform and not a mock-up because I'm sure a lot of UI designers know that dev guys will, front-end developers will kind of ruin your design a bit. I remember you remember me working with the IH guys oh, yeah, yeah. on a lot of products and how things would shift and change based on what, like, parameters they are capable of making or whether they make small errors in the thing in the it, design it, it happens with me in my new company as well so we uh, my company mostly is based on uh, market research and all that stuff right so it's very uh, i'm like in a media department of a market research company and the developing and that we developers are like dependent on me to make a lot of different you know, media ready for those surveys and it's it's like a technical job not not 100% creative but it, there are the parts there parts there but uh, i experienced that a lot with people who are uh, like coding oriented they don't understand how media works or how what are the basics of even like pixels uh, so yeah i'll get like feedback sir can you make this a better quality and my reply is I can't. <laughs> I can't. The pixels are set because your uh, your portal can't handle more than specific sizes of these images. So I can't make any better. Like, this is the source which you provided me. There. Ask yeah, the company yeah, if they know. can provide it some something better for me. <laughs> I know, man. It's 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 that's why that's why I love this place because they work so well with what I give them. Where my front end developer will develop something in a matter of hours and he will code things from scratch in hours and he will build something that looks so perfect to what you design that you look at once you look at your design on screen and it's working right mm. and you see it look exactly how it was meant to look that's just that's a special feeling <laughs> it's amazing when you see that happen and it's just so good to see something so perfect and it just works you know and you can then further decide you can immediately move on. Like you're not wasting time trying to make it look better. You're, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. focusing you're on things done. like interaction and like how mouse overs should handle and function and everything. So it's like good progress and it's a great learning experience to be here because I always get like chances to learn something new or build something new and stuff like that. So that's what I love about this place. And that's, and that's something you should look for if you're looking for a company to settle on it. Look for constructive feedback. Look for the people you're going to be work with. You're going to be working with. They have to be skilled. Look for all those kind of things and you will feel really happy and it's a really rewarding experience to find some place like this. I'm really happy that you have found something like that. A lot of people are looking for something which is exactly like that and yeah. very don't for many years. Uh, so what has been your most challenging project till date? So um, when we had freshly started Rolling Stash, um, we got an animation project and we were mainly a live action team. And um, we were trying to pitch to the client and these guys were from Greece and they had an app that they needed to get. We, they needed an app explainer video. And what this app was, it was basically um, Twitter with voice notes, basically, which yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It was interesting. It was interesting. And it was funny. It, it was, it was interesting. The product was called Doob Bear and the voice notes themselves were called Doobs, which had a very different meaning in Pune at the time. So, um, <laughs> 
So anyway, so they had this mascot which was like a bear, and it was like a very animatable kind of bear. Their logo was a bear, and the problem was that none of us were animators in the team, and we immediately were like, and the and they insisted on having a motion graphics video. They wanted a motion graphics video. They approached us for a motion graphics video, and we tried to pitch them live action, and that didn't happen. So then we guys buckled down. We're like, you know what? We're gonna have to figure out how to do a motion graphics video. So then we outsourced to this uh, Blender animator. We got him on board and we told him, hey, can you, this is the character, can you drop some stuff? Can you create an animation that explains the whole thing? And what he did was he would build PNG sequences of like parts of the animation and send it to us. But the progress started going into months for that project and it was taking way too long and they had their launch coming up and they wanted the video ready. And this is a two minute video, like a two minute long animation video, which is for a motion graphics video. And especially for somebody who has no experience in it, it's a long time to fill up. And this guy was working, but he wasn't working fast enough. So I picked up After Effects at that point. And I decided, you know what, it's, if I start working with basic shapes and see how it goes and where it goes. Um, it was basically me taking his PNG sequences and modifying them. At first I was just doing basic scales and just increasing the size, zooming into specific parts as much as I could without letting it pixelate and whatnot. And that was what it started with. But then I started basically, I took the second half of the video, the second one minute, and I decided, you know what? I know enough now in After Effects to try and actually animate this by myself. So I told him, forget the storyboard from one minute onwards, we'll do that full motion graphics. You just build the character animations for the beginning and for the last 10 seconds. And the middle 50 seconds, I filled up completely by myself. And at this point, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just no storyboard, nothing. It was insanely challenging. It took me weeks to finish. How many, but I actually made... How many bottles of Coke did you end up with at the end of this? <laughs> I, uh, I uh, run on Coke, right? So I have no idea, man. I, I, I think I started smoking at that point. <laughs> it, was, it was so stressful, but by the end of it, we had a good video. We had a good video that you know, stood up to what the international market was at the time. And we were really proud of that video. And we showed that video. The, the product didn't get very far. You know, it wasn't a very successful product. But in the end of the day, that video was something we could present to clients and be like, we made this. This is our level of quality. And that was huge for us at that point. Because then now we were able to pitch for motion graphics and other stuff that was, and I was able to start animating motion graphics into our live action as well. And that progressed from there. But that project was the most stressful, the most, uh, the, the most difficult project I've been on because I had no idea what I was doing. I was in a, I was, I was learning how to animate while the project was going on. <laughs> that was a stressful job. I, I can, I can understand like working in that kind of environment while learning and doing it with a lot of pressure of the whole company. Yeah. I had so many Google tabs open for EC Abrams who's this amazing channel where I learned all my animation skills from. I had so many Evan Abrams tabs open on my Chrome where I was just learning how to do this, how to do that. Okay, I need to make this happen. I, how do I do this? For me, it's just an audition. Oh, he's amazing, dude. I think EC Abrams was fantastic. He was always entertaining and was great. He's a great resource for motion graphics artists to start out with After Effects. A lot of his stuff is timeless. You know, it's basically stuff that you can always learn. It's yeah. not like After Effects has moved on and his stuff is obsolete now. It's always good to learn whatever EC Abrams has on. One good thing I like about Adobe is they maintain their templates so well. They don't do drastic changes because they know that if they do, their whole community will just sp spam them on Twitter. Like change this right. back, even if they change like one thing. 
yeah it's true adobe at this one point of time where if you hold shift in photoshop to maintain proportions they changed it so that clicking and dragging maintains proportions by default and shift allows you to free transform the image and people got so confused there were so many forums about like shift start working shift start working it was amazing i when i was working like when i started doing photoshop primarily for my job i was like okay i learned this in college in a different way like holding shift changes the proportion but i think it they changed this but i'm not sure thanks for confirming that for me no that happened in the middle and it was so confusing for everybody i was like dude how do we make it drag without changing proportions and then we're like oh just normal drag i'm like oh, oh uh why <laughs> <laughs> thanks i hate it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of struggle struggles in life, uh, what was your school life like? I, I, you were um, a, you were in a defense school. Yeah, I think the most struggle. I think the the, the largest struggle I had in school life was coming out of school. I'll tell you why. But um, I studied in Air Force School, Vimanagar, where it was like because I'm kind of like a runaway from home situation where we kind of just. packed up and disappeared overnight my mom my brother and i just ran away from home one night in bangalore uh and it was we literally we literally were one of those disappear overnight stories and the only school that was taking transfers in the middle of the year i was in the middle of 8th standard at the time was air force school because air force right defense they used to transfer yeah, yeah. so they used air force school it was hilarious because we'd be writing exams and there would be air force sorties happening overhead with like su27s or whatever jets India has. I mean, I've never gotten too much into Migs, that. Migs. They have only. They only have Migs. Yeah, Migs. Right. The Migs would fly overhead, and they do these low passes right over the school, and you could shout answers at each other in the exam, and it was like crazy, because you know it's 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 insanely loud. The windows are rattling. You can't hear anything. So we'd be shouting answers, and then at that point, the pilot will decide to go into a stall, where he kind of stalls the plane, and the engine noise. I don't know if it's a stall, but he does this thing where he kind of comes almost to a stop to a hover. and the engine noise cuts out completely and at that point you're sh- halfway through shouting the answer to your friend across the exam hall and then suddenly you're like oh shit <laughs> this got this got quite real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. it was and that so the the most craziest thing coming out of school was basically coming out in the sense that i continued studying in air force school and air force school was as closed minded and uh you know it was very conservative it was i like, was supposed to be in air force bimanagar but my my parents decided to shift me to kvsc is in camp that's a good thing i think kvsc is a much better school than air force school bimanagar was at the time i'm sure but uh, but that's the thing right air force school you can imagine right you've seen the crowd in kv and air force and all those places are like right i never thought i would meet a gay person i never thought that they would exist in my lifetime in in my life you know i thought they were so far removed from what the world was going to be like that when i joined symbiosis train out of air force school that was one hell of a culture shock <laughs> i saw my first gay couple as and i i was like i just thought they were really close friends and it took me 3 months to realize they were dating and i was just like the world is bigger than i have been expected led to believe you know and it was a huge culture shock uh, also in kv i think uh, i think kv or the whole or that kind of culture it uh, it makes men it's so deep in the closet that you <laughs> you don't know man you never know and then you come out and suddenly you're in the world and suddenly like this is a thing and you have to like understand it and like all woke cultures become a thing now and i was so unprepared for symbiosis life when the the like 
for us a party was going to pune sweets and ordering like 10 samosas that was a party and our orientation party we had like in the middle of like this crazy club with like girls dancing on the tables and guys are losing their minds in the corner and everyone's wearing like evening dresses and like and you never seen this before and it was insane and it was such a culture shock to see and you we adapted quickly because you know it's not unheard of for me but at the same time i never expected to get into simbi you know i saw the college being built in yeah, pune when yeah, i was yeah. studying in fo school and i thought that would be a really cool place to study little did i know i would actually end up studying there but that culture shock was huge and then i had to like learn how to be um, politically correct i had to learn unlearn a lot of the foul language i used i had to learn what is offensive i had to learn how to be a better person it was huge that was my school life had just not prepared me for the world at all and i had to like learn so many things to be a better person and yeah that was my that was the biggest thing about school life yeah reminds me of that scene in 2021 jump street in which uh, challenge tape time is uh, bullying someone and say like what are you a fag and dude said yeah you have any problem with that <laughs> i know right you know, that, that, that almost happened to me and i was like so mortified by so many things that i felt like i would do wrong and it still carries over you know i'm still kind of old fashioned in a lot of ways and i feel like i'm not woke i'm not woke as my brother people from outside pune they think that pune is like the liberal capital of india uh, even like they see it in tv shows and uh, even southern india and stuff like that ki ladki ladki gaon se pune mein aayi aur yahan par ho gaya uske upar halla or something like that some bullshit but uh, I mean, people don't are wrong <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but uh, Pune has a very conservative base, like Japan. Like it's very conservative if you have been living here for a very long time. But uh, there is a like yeah, very different face yeah, to it in the different part of yeah, the city yeah. where people just don't go. Yeah, yeah. In Simbi, especially locals were the minority. Like there were like ten, twenty locals in the entire college, and everyone else was from outside. And you know that like mm. when you're you see that you see that. shift in perception because you see the old fashion people are like the people who are old pune you know yeah. they are all quite old fashion and quite like rigid in their ways but i think that's also true for most cities but in the sense that like pune you're so far removed from your home and all the nonsense that you used to going through at home that you can kind of let loose and learn to discover yourself and also pune is yeah, a they, hotbed for that you know they they overcorrect as well people come from all over the country and uh, like in their own hometowns probably they are not even allowed like for girls they are not allowed to wear short dresses or for guys they are not not really allowed to explore their own sexuality in those places but here nobody is watching and nobody is really telling yeah, them what yeah, to do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. they can't overcorrect themselves in that sense but it's okay everyone has to find their place in the world and it's, it's, a, it's a whiplash it's a whiplash people will overcorrect themselves but then they'll find a place you know pune has always been a place where a lot of people have found what they need to be they don't stick around much because people in pune like live here a maximum of 4 years i think <laughs> mostly for like a college or like for or a job or something and for a job leave. college and then they just leave to somewhere else bangalore <laughs> delhi i so many cycles of people just come and go come and go come and go in <laughs> my social circle keeps changing it's like a refresh rate it just goes every now and then i'm seeing a completely new different set of people and i'm like what the hell is going on according to you what's like the most uh, stupidest thing in pune Like the stupidest thing doesn't make any sense. The stupidest thing in Pune is the BRTS lane. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Normally people talk about social economic things, but no, I think the BRTS lane is the stupidest thing in Pune. It's like for anybody who doesn't know what the BRTS lane is, it's the bus rapid transit system that Pune tried to do, 
and what it is they took a four lane road right and they added two dividers in the center so now it's one lane of going traffic and one lane of oncoming traffic and the two lanes in the middle are for the buses like these specialized buses and they decided to put the bus stop in the middle of the road there's no way to get out of the bus stop you just have to cross the highway but they put these bus stops in the middle of the road and basically put these dividers on either side of it thereby reducing the traffic space for all the other traffic and then it never worked so these brts lanes would be these long highways of no like they would only open up at like major junctions so yeah. a lot of people would them i think people died because if you're in that lane and a bus is coming the bus has nowhere to dodge because there's no room and what happened was then people started using the lane like crazy and then they were like you know what we need to stop this from happening so then they hired watchmen to stand at the end of the brts lane holding a rope their entire job was just to hold a rope to keep people from going into the lanes and lower it when the buses go through and they had men like hired across the city for that shit and then like they decided you know, it was then they decided you know what screw it just let everyone go through and now it's just like these random dividers that are there for no reason and you know what i think the brts was i honestly believe it was an art installation in negative space that's what i think it was <laughs> <laughs> my you at least have so so at least you were in vibhavnagar where prts worked the best okay like maybe in pcmc as well but in vibhavnagar and pcmc are the only places where brts actually worked to a certain extent wait i think you're mistaken. you know why they worked in vibhavnagar cuz there are no brts lanes in vibhavnagar <laughs> yeah so also so to hadapsar they like did the pilot project for that in hadapsar because uh, you know we are the punching bag of pune city and uh, <laughs> they made those lanes they were stupid as fish and uh, and like the dividers you see the dividers which are almost shoulder length like 5 feet tall uh, in, yeah, yeah. in hadapsar they are just like one feet tall so so you can yeah. just jump over them without even giving the giving really attention to anything so the major problem was uh, there are so many cross section throughout the highway that they had to keep cutting it in between and the trucks keep going keep ramming them at night because they can't see those small dividers on the road yeah. it's so yeah, stupid yeah. at the end i think they uh, they just re- removed everything from the whole you know my highway. favorite you know my favorite joke about the brts lane was like one guy told me you know how people run across the road in pune all the time it doesn't matter where the crossings are people just run across any road at any point randomly for no reason yeah. like they just want to cross the road wherever they are right so he basically said brts lane has now turned a 100 meter sprint into a hurdle <laughs> they're just jumping over the dividers as they go that's about it and i have no idea how much they spent so much money on that and and the end people are just going back to what it was in like in the original no they gave up they gave up now they've just let traffic through all the way they're like you know what use it i don't care anymore they they removed all those dividers in nadapsar area so it's not working anymore <laughs> you you uh, have like a very very out there music taste and you have been to almost all the music festivals which are hosted in pune what are your favorite acts and do you have like crazy mosh pit stories oh mosh pit stories take me back i used to be a huge metalhead back when i was in college and stuff and um, So this is back when NX7 actually had a dedicated stage just for metal. Mm-hmm. Now it's all random, right? You just go which band is where. But earlier they had a dedicated stage for each genre. So I remember my favorite NX7. There was like 
the Bacardi stage was just metal. The Aristov stage was just EDM. The Pepsi dub station was just dubstep and stuff, you know? Yeah. And the metal stage would be where I would be. It was amazing fun to always be at the metal stage. And I think my favorite mosh pit story was during a Scribe performance. Scribe is one of my favorite Indian bands. Scribe was amazing because they would like break the song and just randomly go into cricket commentary. They were like amazing. <laughs> it's just such a lovely experience to be at live. Like the whole band just had ADHD and it was just amazing to just watch them do their thing on stage. And they didn't give a shit, you know, they were just like, we are here to have a good time. And it was always a good time at a Scribe concert. And so my favorite mosh pit story was, this is back when mosh pits were serious, okay? And like in Pune, I'm not talking about like, nowadays mosh pits are like two people just kind of pushing each other in turns. But earlier, mosh pit, I'm talking about like a 50 to 100 man circle pit, you know, where like guys, girls, everyone's just going nuts. Yeah, in a you come pit. out bruised. Yeah, yeah, you do. I, one, I, in the same impact, my shoulder got popped out and back in, in one, one hit. Okay. So I like, I was just seeing stars for a bit, but my favorite motion story was during a scribe performance. Um, I was one thing particular about me at metal performances. I do not dress for the occasion. Yeah. So everyone's wearing black t-shirts, which I think was like this unofficial uniform for metal in. Yeah. They want to, they want to look edgy. Yeah, they'll all have like Slayer or Cannibal Corpse shirts, right? They'll all come yeah. looking for that. And what I was wearing was like this orange and white checkered shirt. <laughs> I looked like an RSS picnic table, okay? And I had like octagonal sunglasses, oversized, um, a Kashmiri hat, okay, on top. And I had uh, a giant oversized green bow tie, okay? And what I did was I decided to waltz into the middle of this chaotic mosh pit and just stand right in the center of it and just stand there with my hands behind my back. Like I was just smiling and nobody hit me. I felt like that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where the guy's walking down the stairs and everything's exploding around him. That's what I felt like. This, I'm just surrounded. Do you have a photo with that? Do you have no, a photo? I don't know. I have a photo with the outfit, but I don't think there's any photo of me in the mosh pit specifically. And I remember, okay, so the scribe had a guitarist called Akshay, right? And he, I remember, I don't know if he'd ever remember this because he's seen a hundred mosh pits, but like, um, I was in the middle of this mosh pit wearing this, like this Kashmiri hat and like a giant green bow tie and an orange shirt. And he kind of like, as he's playing, kind of walks up to the bassist and he brushes him on the shoulder and he's like, check out this dude. And they both start <laughs> laughing at me in the crowd and it was hilarious. And that was my favorite mosh pit story for sure, because I was just standing there. I wasn't even doing anything. It was amazing. It's 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 a fun time. I I'm waiting for concerts to start start again because I was just getting into the whole mood because I went to I went to this very traditionalist college called Ferguson where there no nothing <laughs> no fun is allowed and I I want to go to concerts now because I've been to some rock like Battle of the Bands kind of things in clubs and I really love my time. Even in those Battle of the Bands things, the weirdest thing is the guy will be like. A, screaming death metal and people will be like clapping politely there uh, but then some dude some dude with acoustic guitar starts singing old Bollywood music and everyone is losing their mind I'm like come on man at least appreciate the dude who's screaming in the they just screaming in the they don't know how to react to it they're like what is this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was a literal baby and I was uh, I was looking at people in front row of that whole thing and people are just banging their head and the going girls are going crazy on in the first two rows and me and my friend are like um we should not be here 
or even if we are we should have someone who can explain us what's going on because we, the headbang thing was very new for us yeah 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 i remember my neck paining so much during my college years dude my neck was always sore because i'd go to so many gigs and i just headbang like crazy college was when i started growing out my hair so i had like a sore neck from headbanging all the time that was just my constant state of life <laughs> Do you, you do confuse people with your long hair? Somebody told me this one. Somebody comes up to me and they're like, "Oh my God, why didn't you cut your hair? You look like a girl from behind." And I looked at her and I'm like, "I'm sorry, you feel like that's a bad thing, considering <laughs> you are one." But you know, I don't mind looking like a girl from behind. I don't care. I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. Yeah. Have you ever got like a, got like catcalled during like a concert? People getting confused yeah, yeah, like so girls. No, no, concert on the road. I've been catcalled so much, and then. as cuz i've got okay i've got unnaturally wide hips for a guy so and i yeah. wear a lot of like i wear shawls and i have a sling bag or sometimes so i i don't care about how i look i feel comfortable about wearing whatever i wear but i can see how from behind i would look like a girl a lot of the time mm. and as they approach me they realize i'm like 5 foot 10 or something 5 foot 11 and as they come around they'll see like sparse facial hair and then they'll be like hey. <laughs> <laughs> i don't hear them cat call me as much as i love seeing them just get confused when they come around the corner and see my face and they're just like ah, i was staring at this guy <laughs> it's so much fun now i feel now i feel differently about it I, i'll go home and check myself <laughs> i really love it it's uh, so fun. one uh, one really interesting thing about your life is everybody in your family is an artist and uh, i really uh, i used to follow your brother on instagram and your brother is really uh, a very thoughtful writer and uh, he used to host these open mic kind of things at his place so you guys are you guys planning to do it again after after coming back to pune or like setting up hopefully yeah the thing was we stopped all of them obviously for like safety concerns because you know having a bunch of strangers in your house and like it's a risk for everyone right now because you know obviously there's like yeah. a pandemic going on so we stopped it because of that i think mostly and um, they were mostly his thing because he would just inform me in advance that you know 50 people are just going to show up at the house at any given time and i'd be like oh crap i got to buy snacks oh crap i got to clean up the house he would tell me that i'd be the one running around and opening the door for everyone and while the whole thing is going on and seeing to it that everyone's like fed and watered but yeah um, they were always lovely experiences because you see like beautiful artists come down every now and then you'll find like people like i've met a lot of really amazing people who do amazing things like um, one of my favorite new artists right now in india is karshni nair she's amazing her music just kind of hits your soul and um, karshni is just an amazing person and she performed in the, my living room and it was just uh, fantastic Um, I'm really sorry. I hope I got her surname right. I just know what her surname is, so I don't know what her surname is too well. I'm sure. I'm sure But we'll find it out. <laughs> she she um she performed in my living room, and I've had my friends perform. Hearing your friends perform like heartfelt pieces, hearing a bunch of poets, just kind of put yourself out there, you know. And we always try to create a safe space with the house, you know. We'll always like make sure that nobody feels judged, nobody feels weird, and yeah. you know you can't help it because the human element. Somebody is going to come in and be weird sometimes. but um the idea is it starts off the first half is like um an uh, kind of curated poetry from a bunch of artists who will come specifically to read poetry and then after that it's kind of like a mixer and then it's like an open mic thing and people just kind of share poetry as the party goes on and it's a lot of fun and uh it's like so far but everyone's an artist you know and it's beautiful yeah, to watch a yeah, lot of people yeah. just come and we we encourage people to come out of their shell and you know just try try performing nobody's going to judge you get yourself out there you know and a lot of people discovered poetry through there and all i really hope we continue it we're just waiting for more of a safe green light from like 
everything i guess make sure it's all safe for everyone to come in yeah here. you don't want to get in trouble with your house owners and especially police because it's it's it gets not a problem police is not much of a problem it's mostly um, because it's a poetry thing it's not that loud you know it's it's quite mm-hmm. never had noise complaints as much but the problem is right now it's like we our house is quite small so we it's not like we can keep 6 feet of social distancing from everybody <laughs> yeah. so so it's like a lot of people cramped up in a space and they're all sharing food so it doesn't make sense to actually host them now until we actually make sure the pandemic is truly done and gone you know uh, have been gaming like do you have time to game this is where that that answer to that question that you brought up earlier was um i have been playing okay um, on the one side I've, i play a lot of indie games mostly i love indie and art art games but i've been playing black flag recently assassin's creed black flag because i wanted to catch up and i it's a great pirate game and i love sid meier's pirates and uh, black flag is a great pirate game i want to catch up but the game i'm currently playing the most right now is this it's more of a tech demo than it is a game it's called star citizen and i've heard uh, about it well yeah, i've heard the, about the game at some point it was like the biggest crowdfunded project in history at some point i think it and, is, uh, it is. it's it's a really uh, it's a, it's just this incredible experience where they're building a universe where you can just kind of get in and you don't have to see a single loading screen ever again i mean like you can walk fps combat shoot people with a gun get into a car drive that car onto a ship take off from the ground fly into space jump to another planet land go sell goods over there all without a single loading screen in the middle it's insane tech that's never been built before it looks incredible it's buggy as hell because it's mostly pre alpha it's just it's under construction so it's a mess but my what i'm doing right now is this really cool thing is i'm building a space show machinima in star citizen where i am basically hiring players in game telling them here stand here do this shoot that fly this and uh, i'm creating a show in the game completely recording the game within uh recording the show within the game you know and uh, using like their cinematic camera tools that they've provided cuz you know it's such a beautiful game they wanted to give you a good robust to set of tools to make screenshots with but you can also record footage really well so i'm making a show about two guys who are in the system they basically one's a mercenary and one's a delivery pilot and they both get like pulled into a random drug war and it's just nonsense and it's so much fun and i'm voicing it with a friend named Mikhail Kazi who's an amazing musician and he is helping me voice it and my brother's doing music for the whole show and i have a trailer it took me 3 months to make that trailer and i put it out only on reddit <laughs> i got my first 400 subscribers <laughs> you have uh, wait 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 you have subscribers on reddit no i don't have subscribers on reddit i have subscribers on youtube i put a youtube yeah because that's it getting 400 subscribers you either yeah, have to be level. no 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 <laughs> not that level <laughs> I, i don't know if i am i don't actually know if i have followers on reddit because i mostly use a third party app but um I did get 18 Reddit awards for that post, so that's a little bit of a brag there. Yeah, my my max is just making some stupid jokes on Reddit and getting gold. I got I got three gold, three silver, some bunch of like 18 other awards. It was my favorite post of all time, the most awarded post I ever made. And uh, but I got a huge amount of traffic from there. And but mostly what I got was I got a lovely response from the community saying, "Please make this a show." And now I'm writing it. I'm actually. planning out the first episode hopefully when i get back to pune i'll start recording again but i've been do you know yeah this is like it. a yeah this is like a different thing but do you know something called dream spm it's a oh, minecraft yeah, game thing. right where you make games so dream spm they are doing uh, the 
these are just children right they are like 17 18 year olds and they are doing basically what wwe does for uh, their shows in which they oh, have very, like I'm a basic script on this what is this exactly <laughs> so they have like a basic script of what's going to happen and uh, mm-hmm. uh, these are like four five different streamers and these streamers play a character and while playing minecraft so there's like a storyline about like politics and uh, they are getting like a presidential election and then the election gets hijacked by this other dude and they're fighting among us everything is scripted they say that it's scripted but it's so fascinating to see and all of them oh, are like so annoying cool. children that is so cool i really should check this out yeah just watch like a macpat video on that thing because it's so long to watch because you can't catch up without it's because people who have been following it since last year only they can understand each and every detail but uh, if you watch like compilations then you'll understand what's the story and it's very amazing to see like people doing that on open servers and like coordinating with each other while developing this story so they're like they have oh, like two writers for this really check that out that is really cool yeah you post uh, probably your like what you are doing is also making sense with that line like you using using like the platform of that video game to develop your own story and your own cinematics it's interesting because as a filmmaker i'm so used to like hiring people getting like a set designer not set designer we never reached that level but you know getting a person like a makeup artist getting actors getting cameras together and everything was so much of a process to just build one small video right and here i am with like spaceships and guns and all kinds of crazy fantasy stuff at my disposal already to use ready to use right everything's built and i'm building it within the lore of the show like of the game so i'm trying to like actually make it tie in with so it's a lot of the show is internal jokes that mostly players will get and i'm doing a lot of things that kind of work meta with the gameplay for example uh, the characters never take off their helmets so they're always radio voices to each other and um, they can hear each other wherever they are in the system like so they don't have to be next to each other they just kind of like voices in each other's head and that's like a reflection of players using discord to chat on like while they're doing multiplayer games cuz i want to parallel i want to draw parallels between the show and actual gameplay as much as possible so that even if you're a player of star citizen you watch the show you'll feel like the actual gameplay experience is happening rather than just being a show with stuff that you can't do in the game per se you know i want to keep it as grounded and as tangible as possible you know and that's a huge challenge but at the same time star citizen makes it all possible and the fact that it looks so good as a game it really helps with filmmaking the tools that they provide are amazing so you can do a lot of stuff they have depth of field controls and what not so it's great to actually be able to make a really good looking show and i i've just made a 3 minute trailer i would ask you to check it out if you can it's called stanton delivery it's on youtube there are 5000 views please increase that number i hope a little bit yeah, um, yeah. it's it is it's a it's my first foray into actual content on the internet so i want to actually put something out there and i'm now working on this project but it's a lot of fun with that akshay rajan thank you so much for coming on the non bunega show we have so much to talk about we have so many things which are common among us and our audience as well so i really hope that you st- you find success in every venture that you do uh, and uh, i'm looking forward to checking out everything like the whole film which you make out of this project uh, akshay please go ahead and plug every social media you want and please tell us about where we can find you <laughs> currently i have no social media i am only known on youtube as the strange creator i have one video up there 
um if you can check out stanton delivery my show if the trailers out i am working on the first episode it will take a while i hope you guys enjoyed that's pretty much the only thing i'm working on right now everything else is up in the air thank you so much for having me on your show it was a pleasure to be here this is the first time i've ever done something like this and it's really nice to be interviewed thank you so much akshay thank you thank you man